Welcome to Lace and Debauchery. We are part of the Frolic Podcast Network, a podcast community of everything romance and romance related. Find new shows to add to your podcast subscriptions at frolic.media slash podcasts. Hey listeners, it's Taylor. Before we kick off, we want you to know that the opinions and discussions that take place on Lace and Debauchery do not reflect the opinions of the Rip Bodice in any way. Thanks for your time, and now for some debauchery. Tamara Lush is a Florida-based author and journalist. She's an RWA Rita finalist, an Amtrak Writing Fellow, and the winner of the George C. Polk Award for Environmental Journalism. For more than a dozen years, she was a reporter with the Associated Press in Florida, covering crime, alligators, natural disasters, and politics. She currently writes contemporary romance with Wattpad. Piper and I are so excited to share this interview with you. It was truly one of our favorites, and it was such a joy having Tam on. So without further ado, please enjoy it. Well, congratulations well, on me. yeah. Oh my I was God, gonna thank say, you. Of course, we're yeah, we're we're um, we're so excited to talk to you. Uh, cool. When we read this book last month, I mean, oh. I I love this book. I think yeah, I think the Italian representation is so good and funny. Oh. Uh, of all the talk of like superstition, the Italian like machismo type of thing. I grew up there, so oh, uh-huh. it just was very familiar to me. <laughs> I'm married to a man from Italy, so you I'm have... pretty familiar. I was going to ask, it. because there's definitely, like, like there are, like, stereotypes and stuff that are funny, but I was like, the ones that you wrote were actually correct right. and well-written. Right. That makes... Yeah, some, somebody in my review was like, you were racist against Italians, and I'm like... <laughs> I don't think you can be racist against Italians. Like, I don't think that's a thing. But I, um, that no. is so <laughs> funny. Trust me. You can't. Racist I call that freedophobia. Yeah. Freedophobia. Freedophobia. That is. Oh, racist toward Italians. That's yeah, so funny. Yeah. yeah. So, and Drive just, I mean, sorry, Crash just came out last week. <gasps> right. Yay. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, congratulations. I saw the the pub stuff for it. It's so exciting. How has that been for you? It's been great. It's been great. I had a bookstore event and it's been really nice. So got a lot of love on Instagram. So I'm really happy with it. And I'm working on book three now. So, Oh my God. Are you writing it right now? Actually in the editing process, it won't be out until next year, but I'm in the editing process. It takes a long time. Like traditional publishing takes a long time. So yeah. Will the third book be published on Wattpad? Has it already been published on Wattpad? I am serializing the first version on Wattpad right now. Okay. So it's, so like once a week I put up a, a chapter, mm-hmm. um, but the, similar to Crash and Drive, the end version that will be published will be a lot longer. Got so it. Okay. I, I can talk about that for the, it, it, it's a whole long, these are, it's sort of an unusual, I also publish traditionally, I publish mysteries traditionally. Yeah. So this is like a little... The, the process that we've been on with these Wattpad books is a little different than the usual traditionally published book. Yeah. Right. So correct me if I'm wrong. Is there like a duality to it where you have this like traditional publishing where you actually have a book, but then you're also doing these increment drops on Wattpad? Sort of. I, yeah. I actually had published both of those on Wattpad and they were complete right. crash and drive. And they were, the original stories were 50,000 words. Okay. Um, but in their ebook paperback version they were 80,000 words so in editing like a lot got added in editing like entire character arcs and changed and 
characters, there were new characters and stuff like that. So it was actually a harder than usual edit because yeah. I had written both of those books years ago, literally like five, six, seven years ago. Yeah. So wow. I had, they were, all those characters were like off in their own happiness and their own right. world. And I had to go back into it and kind of resurrect them and do more with them. Was that hard? Because I mean, I feel like editing is hard enough. Like when yeah. you have to take away things that maybe you're attached to, but when you're like, this story is completed, I completed this story and now I have to go back in and completely change parts of it. Was that, was it hard for you to kind of kill your darlings? Yeah, um, yeah it was hard. It was a yeah. hard, the, both books were hard. This current book, <clears throat> Burn, I, I just wrote. So it's much more typical, I guess, even yeah. though they're releasing it first on Wattpad, but it's much more typical in that I'm writing it, I sent it to the editor and then the editor got it back to me, you know, within like a couple months. So Drive and Crash were very unusual. Mm -hmm. um, Drive especially had kind of a twist and turn to its, I mean, no pun intended, to its, <laughs> um, to its path to publication. So yeah. yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, I loved Drive. I was texting Taylor as I was reading it. And at the beginning, I was like, I hate Dante. I hate him. <laughs> oh my God, he drove me so crazy. And also like, I work in a pretty male dominated field because I'm in the mm -hmm. I'm on the crew for this TV show and there are a ton oh, I'm wow. working with a ton of men and it's really interesting to see other women especially women who are higher up than me interact with men and the women who are in charge watching them have to work harder and I don't know if it's something that I see because I'm a woman but like I see the way that one of my coworkers like has to talk to men and they get frustrated with her and she's like no no, no I am correct you're wrong <laughs> And then the, like watching them come around and realize that she was right. And it's like, would, would this have been an easier conversation if, if she was a man? Yeah, totally. You know? Totally. Yeah. I, I worked in news for a long time. So yes. I'm very familiar with that. I wanted to ask you about that. Were you, you were a true crime reporter? I was. Yeah. I, I worked wow. for the Associated Press and I, I did a bunch of, I also worked for newspapers. So I wrote a lot about crime in Florida. I covered other stuff too, but I, I've covered a lot of more crime than anything else. Wow. What kind of crime? Like violent crime or like white collar crime? Oh, like all kinds of crime. All different like a kinds. lot of oh. violent crime. Yeah, like a lot of violent crime. A lot of mass shootings, a lot of oh, like like if, like anything that you've seen, you know, in Florida, well, until like I quit at 20 in 2021. Like I would say that oh, wow. anything you just quit. like, you know, like Trayvon Martin, um oh, Tiger Woods, Pulse, yeah. uh Parkland. Parkland. Yeah. yeah. Um, I witnessed a bunch of ex executions. Like, I, I covered really? a lot of really hardcore crime. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. How? How? Yeah. I mean, what was I mean, that like? Like, terrible. Yeah. I, I'm sure it's <laughs> so terrible. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, it, was, it led to me eventually leaving and yeah. COVID and politics and everything else. But yeah, right. I covered, like, I covered a bunch of executions. I covered a bunch of mass shootings, not just in Florida, but everywhere. And it, it was exhausting. It was how, really like emotionally draining. Yeah. How do you handle that? Like, how do you go home from, like, how do you go, come home after Separated. work? Well, I started writing fiction actually. Yeah. That was okay. my question. Yeah. So yeah. did you, did you shift to like writing fiction in your free time as like an outlet, mm -hmm. as something to do to like yes. cope or to like create fantasy worlds for yourself where like, yes things yes, were okay. That's exactly what I did. Yeah. I wanted worlds that would end happily because yeah. you know, most times they don't. 
in the world I was in. Right. Yeah. yeah. Is that what, so was this drive series, the first series that you decided to write as you sat down to like think about your outlet? Cause I mean, obviously writing is important to you writing right. nonfiction and true crime and all of these things. So like, what was that transfer? Like where you were like, actually I think I want to write love stories. Well, I had always read romance in high school. Mm -hmm. and so, and I had actually thought about writing a romance when I was in my twenties, but I was just starting my newspaper career then. And I didn't have time and I was, yeah. you know, trying to work really hard at my first newspaper. So I didn't. <clears throat> and then later on, I think it was around 2012, I wrote the first chapter of a book just out of nowhere. And then I shelved it. I just put it in my desk and I was like, oh God, that's terrible. And then I got it back out I, like two years later. And I was like, I'm yeah. going to try oh. this. I'm going to, and it was not drive. It was another book. It was more of a romantic suspense. Um, it was kind of a mafia romance, but not with the, a hero that was a mafioso. It was a hero who was actually a journalist who was um, exposing the mafia. It is oh, on Wattpad now. Um, but it, I actually got picked up by a publisher. I got an agent and a publisher really quickly. Wow. Um, it didn't do that well. And um, I got my rights back and I self-published it and I self-published a bunch of other things. So, That's amazing. And then eventually I made my way to Wattpad and Wattpad offered me a bunch of opportunities. So I decided to take all of my romance fiction there while publishing the mysteries, like the at the traditional mysteries with a wow. publisher. So I'm kind of like weirdly hybrid in a way. I don't have any indie published books right now. So now you're exclusively, I mean, other than of course your mystery books, you're exclusively with Wattpad, publishing with them, writing with them. Yes. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I have found um, that yes. it's, it's such a good route for authors. I feel like the traditional publishing wing is so gatekeepy and difficult to like break into and I feel like Wattpad has been doing the best job of yes. uh, kind of creating a bridge for authors who deserve to have their works published mm -hmm. because they're really right. good but like who don't have the like who, where the process of it is like is not worth it to them so it's just been it's great to see that that you've had success yeah. there because your series is so good and i'm glad it's so good i can have a physical book to read and Thank to write you. notes yeah. in and oh, to dog good. ear when i like pages <laughs> to have nice. many. amazing oh, that's yeah awesome. um yeah I, yeah I also, i'm super happy with them that's so amazing i also wanted to ask so coming from journalism and i'm not sure how to phrase this in a way that doesn't sound kind of sexist so just roll with me here um but coming from journalism did you ha find it hard to transition into writing romance which is like a more feminine version of of a more feminine type of writing and did you face any backlash from the people that you worked with or did you have any self-judgment when you were doing it? it it was hard to make a transition into the writing because yeah the writing is more descriptive in fiction mm -hmm. than it is in journalism so that was that remains like probably my biggest challenge, even in yeah. writing. I think that may be why I'm probably, uh, I, I feel really comfortable in mystery because I am really familiar with crime and mm -hmm. in mystery, you don't have to have like the heightened emotion you do in romance because romance is all about emotion. And that's yeah. the hard part about romance for me. It's not as difficult writing mystery for me, but I assumed that when I started writing romance that everyone would give me all, you know, a lot of grief and I assumed mm -hmm. that my sources would say things and my colleagues. And then as it turned out, nobody cared or they were really Great. supportive. So That's that wonderful. was super nice. I, you know, I'm also in Florida. So I think that there's a, 
sort of a given that people are a little strange here. And <laughs> there's also there's also like a very long history of journalists becoming fiction authors, like Carl Hyacin, right. Tim yeah. Dorsey, and mostly in, you know, mostly in mystery. Um, but I, there's a lot of former reporters turned writers. So mm -hmm. it wasn't that much of a stretch. And almost everybody knows Carl or Tim Dorsey or other people, you know, they're, they're aware of them and their path. So it wasn't right. that much of a stretch. Most, I, I know a lot of people, a lot of journalists here in Florida who are aspiring fiction writers. So it wasn't that strange. That's fantastic. I like the Venn diagram of like, mystery and romance is like almost a circle like you use a lot of the same formulas and a lot yeah. of the same character structures plot structures i mean I do love that you took it a step further and you're like not just yeah. mystery but also romance right, right. and right. not just romance My steamy romance like pretty steamy, steamy romance. romance yes yes you know, in fact drive and crash are actually um two of my uh, on the steam scale they're the lower steam or on the lower. Oh, I love level. amazing so news. I like, I have <laughs> a lot of the stories that I had, a lot of the books that I had self published or that are on Wattpad now are far, far more steamy. I was actually a 2018 Rita finalist in erotic romance. So for a book that I actually initially put on radish, I self published it on radish first. That was like my first, like I, I had been on Wattpad early on like mm -hmm. in my first you know year of writing but i didn't do a lot with it i just uploaded a few chapters and then i didn't do anything and then in 2017 2018 i started writing this serial novel on radish um and i realized that there was a lot of synergy between radish and wattpad so i started uploading stuff onto wattpad and getting people to read steamy stuff on radish and then i eventually took everything over to i love radish um but i took everything over to wattpad and so a book that I had published on Wattpad first and then self-published was a, an erotic romance finalist. It's very steamy. Um, and I also, for, oh, for Wattpad slash Yonder, I, you've heard of Yonder, the whole Yonder, new yeah. app. Um, I actually write really steamy mafia romance, like very dark mafia romance. That's what I'm working on now. Like I'm working just, on Burn, but... I like, love, I write, I, I love ask yeah, you, mafia romances. If, if you were going to, yeah, like if you were going to go into the space of dark romances, I mean like mm -hmm. the true crimeness and what are the odds that we got some mafia in there somewhere? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah totally. Yeah, no, I've been writing, I would say that other than Burn, everything I've been writing in the last couple of years has either been really dark mafia romance or cozy mystery. Like I have, there, it's amazing. It's like cozy, the cozy mystery, there's no swearing, there's no sex, there's no gore. And in my mafia romance, it's like all of those things and people are dying and everybody's having sex and it's just bonkers. I love it. And is it, are you able to switch pretty easily between the two? Mm, no, uh -huh. I, I, I try to like do one and then the other, like I just finished a cozy mystery. So I'm going to turn, I, I, and now I'm going to turn back to the serial. I was kind of ahead on the serial. So I'm back, I'm back at it. So I got yeah, it. It's, it's how many things do you publish a year? Would you say? Because I don't want to just say books, because I know it's like you also, like you said, you you do yonder yeah. and all these other things. Like, what is kind of like your timeline for that? That is pretty new. I mean, I, you know, lately I've been publishing one romance, one traditionally published romance, and one traditionally published cozy mystery a year. So two wow. books a year. But then I have sort of ongoing stuff. Like mm -hmm. the the serial has been going on since September. 
wow. um, since last August. So I publish, they publish two chapters a week. So it's up to chapter 55. At least I'm up to chapter 55. Um, and I don't know when it will end. I mean, it's already like 100,000 words. It's just a long, wow. it's like a soap crap. opera. It's like, yeah, it's, it's so like twisty and turn. It's not necessarily like, it's a romance and it will end as a romance, but it's not in the traditional romance format. Yeah. And, and it is doesn't it... follow traditional romance plotting. Right. And is that, um, does it follow the same like couple throughout the entire story? Does it switch? At this time, it follows the same couple. Okay. Yes. It, 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 it follows the same couple and sort of their ups and downs. And it, it's, you know, it's heavy on like the dark and the mafia and the suspense part. So mm -hmm. it's, it's hard to explain unless you've really read serial novels because it's a totally different animal than a book. And could you explain what the difference is between a serial novel and a, a regular book? Well, a serial novel, I think, and, and obviously I'm writing, you know, a contemporary, like under the umbrella of contemporary romance. So it, mm -hmm. it would be very different for like fantasy or science fiction. And I think that serial novels really work well for those two genres because they're always long plots, lots of world building. But right. the world building is pretty important in serial novels. And writing really with a lot of heavy cliffhangers, you know, like dun dun dun, amnesia, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I'm a big fan of amnesia. Um, Amazing. Well, I, I love a good I, amnesia plotline. I do too. I, I really do. Um, so, you know, in a romance, it's like usually something like having sex with the two couples having sex come in, comes in the middle of the book. And mm -hmm. then, you know, there's a black moment. But with a serial novel, it's like more like ups and downs and ups and downs. There's yeah. no like, I'm not plotting. I have some loose plots of where I want to go, but I'm not like, I don't know where the midpoint will be. I, I oh, no wow. Idea. Like, I don't know, like, here's the midpoint and something happens. Like, it's now sort of like two right. chapters of vibes and then some murder and then some <laughs> sex and then something else over here it's very free form and it's very loose um is it is it like I, a kind of like slice of life thing like some chapters are kind of them just like doing something very normal and then it's like dun 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 we have this crazy thing that's gonna happen um yeah, or is like every chapter of. something crazy so far most chapters have been something crazy but it's been <laughs> more like some chapters have been more introspection with the hero mm. or heroine and giving some backstory about their issues and psychological trauma. And then, then there's sometimes a lot of action. And really, like with a dark mafia romance, you can't have enough sex in there. You can't cram enough sex into it. I would agree. So, you know, like that's just the way it is. So, so yeah, this is the second serial. I have one serial that's finished on both Yonder and wattpad it's called um kiss kiss bang bang and that's sort that's of the okay. first mafia serial that i did okay um oh my and gosh this new one is called my bloody valentine so yeah it's Hot. very I'm different obsessed. than drive and crash drive and crash and burn are like kind of fluffy almost rom-com like just yeah sweet romps but this is like oh my god they just murdered a guy and they're having sex and they're having sex <laughs> I love it. I just, and whatever, you know. You know, I've actually never heard of Radish that you were talking about. Oh, what, yeah. what is that? So Radish is a, um, a serial novel app, you know, similar to Yonder. Okay. I, I, that's the best way to explain it. Like you, 
you can read serial novels or novels, but it's it's big on, there are some people who write there. I, I guess I don't have anything on Radish anymore, um, but it, right. it's very similar, you know, yeah. to in that vein. Or even like KU. I mean, at this point, everything oh, okay, got it. Kindle Vela. Like everything is, you know, you're buying either, you're, you know, you're, you're either subscribing for a certain amount per month, like in Kindle Unlimited, or you're buying mm -hmm. chapters, or you're buying a whole book, so you okay. have access to a whole book. It's just another reading platform. Fantastic. Nice. nice. Um, and then I wanted to circle back to uh, Drive. Wow, that was... Drive. I was like, I know, Drive Crash? Burn. I was like, yeah. where are we? Um, so I know absolutely nothing about F1, uh, but oh. what drew you into the world of racing in particular? Is it something you've always been interested in or did it feel just like an appropriate setting for the characters in the book? Um, so a couple things. My father and my husband are really into F1. Okay. And so at one point we went to the F1 race in Montreal. Yeah, in Montreal. Wow. Um, my husband's from Italy. He loves Ferrari, loves Ferrari. And so we went up to Montreal for the race and I had just started writing romance. I was writing that other book actually, mm -hmm. um, my first book. And I was like, you know, it'd be really fun to write in the world of Formula One because the drivers are all athletes and incredibly rich and really hot. And, yeah. you know, if not kind of short, but they're all really hot <laughs> and they travel around the world to all these glamorous places like Monaco. And mm -hmm. it's just, there's a glamor about Formula One. And so the other thing um, is I loved the older Harlequin, or it's still continuing, but um, Harlequin Presents, which is about mm. like the rich European guys um, that's been a long, you know, line of Harlequin romances. Mm -hmm. and one of my very favorite Harlequin romances is called His Private Mistress. Um, and it is about a Formula One driver. So Ooh. it was published years and years and years ago. Uh, and I really, I wanted to write a Formula One driver. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Did I you have that. to do a lot of research, uh, in order to like learn the terms and the everything or did like from your father and your husband, did you know a lot of it just going into it? You were like, I think I can do this. Yeah. I knew a fair bit. I did watch a lot of drive to survive that what? show on Netflix yeah and there's a show it is and there's a very handsome driver Danielle Ricciardo Ricardo yes. and it, he, he's wonderful and so I watched a lot of his episodes because he's very handsome are you a big sports yeah. person in general like do you think like there's no. like another sports romance <laughs> for you nope. somewhere else no <laughs> no in fact none of my other books are set in the sports world um Crash is only tangentially in the sports world. Crash, right. the hero in Crash, is the brother of Savannah in Drive. Oh, okay, and yeah. that's set in Atlanta. And the other thing is Crash and Drive are the only books not set in Florida. All of my other books, oh. mystery and romance, are all set in Florida. Nice. Um, so, no, I'm not a sports romance person, even remotely. Um, I'm not into sports at all. Uh, no, I don't really even read a lot of sports romance, other than some Formula One books. Actually, mm -hmm. Formula One's the only sport that I, yeah, like I would never read like a baseball romance or a football romance. Like I, it would not be something I gravitate to. Even right. Like, Which is so weird because like F1 yeah. technically is a sports, it like it's yeah. sports technically, but it's yes. like this nebulous thing that's like more of like a culture and more of just like mm -hmm. a, 
like it's not like gonna be men beating the shit out of each other like you would see with right. like right. Uh, like a boxing romance or like you know a hockey yes. romance or something. Yes. Um, it's yes. this like more it's like separated from that. It's a very it, private it type of sport. Um, yeah, it's more than a sport. It's different than a sport, but it is a sport yeah. technically. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of this lifestyle slash luxury thing. Like exactly. we couldn't even afford to go to when Montreal when uh, F one came to Miami last year. We couldn't like tickets sold out. They were wildly expensive. We couldn't. I right. went. I went to when I was living in Italy. We went to like an international school there, and so mm-hmm. I remember one year my parents found a way. They were friends with somebody. I don't know how or where. We went to the Grand Prix in um, Monza, I think it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Monza. And we saw Michael Schumacher race. Amazing. Um, Amazing. Crazy. And my little sister, she was like maybe like five at the time, dead asleep on my my parents' lap. Oh, that's so funny. The whole race. Oh, my gosh. I know, and so we tell her to this day, we're like, do you know that you that slept is so through funny. the Grand Prix? Like, one wow. of the Grand Prix? And she's like, no way. And I was like, yeah. Right. But right. that's almost more iconic than saying that you ever went to one, is like saying that you yeah, went through it. Yeah, Arden was like, this oh, is not so important funny. enough. And they were loud. The cars <laughs> yeah. were way louder back then yeah. than they are now. I remember, like, literally having to cover my ears. We actually got earplugs to put in because it was yeah. such a loud mm-hmm. experience. Yeah, um, it's very loud. I, it's very warm here in Florida, no, so my glasses are fogging up. It's like <laughs> it was like it was like forty five degrees the other night, which is super cold, and now it's like eighty. It's the iguanas have been falling out of the trees. Oh right, they you know. Have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They have. They have totally been falling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They that get is frozen. So they get into like a frozen stupor mm-hmm. and they fall yes, out of their they trees. Do. And then yeah. they reanimate. Like once it warms up, they come back hey, alive. So and... they just stay there, like wherever they've landed, yeah, frozen. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, like almost That's like ridiculous. suspended, like suspended animation. Yeah, completely. yeah, and then they uh, like reanimate and pop up. Huh. It's yeah. a real thing. Yeah, there's but always I was... stories of like people putting them in their cars when they're frozen, and then they warm up and they start running around, scampering about. Yeah, because they're oh dinosaurs. God. Amazing. You should put a See, you should put a falling iguana in one of your mystery books. I there will be. <laughs> I've actually written. A mystery that I might self-publish. It's called Gator Queen. It's about an alligator trapper, and so <gasps> she like my mysteries are like a little wacky. So I yeah, love, as and there's romance be. in them, but yeah. Yes, I yeah. mean, listen, I we I clearly all, everything that you're saying is like preaching to a choir, and maybe it's our <laughs> oh, like, yeah. Italian Floridian connection. Yes. I don't know. Yes. Um, you might but, really like my mysteries. I think. Oh, I, I really want to read them. them. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Oh my, God. my I, TBR. I are, went are into they, the New Year. Are there books of them? Like, can yeah, I, can I get like covers. this? There oh. are. You might be able to buy them at even Barnes and Noble, but yeah. yeah. Oh Curious. my gosh! Yeah, yeah. I went into yeah. the New Year. Too. I went into the New Year feeling like, okay, I'm gonna really ha- like be so good about my TBR, and I'm gonna like <laughs> make a list of books right? I want to finish each month. Mm-hmm. And then we do interviews, and I'm like, "Well, there goes the TBR straight to hell." Because totally. now I have to add totally. ten of your books to my list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gratefully add um, them. Like I like good. it is a. Thank you. It will be a pleasure to read them. <laughs> this is yes, a kind of random question, but um, yeah. what kind of books do you read now? Do you, does oh. reading romance mm-hmm. feel like work? What What um, are you drawn to? It is a really good question. So I. I co-lead a uh, romance 
book club at the local indie bookstore here. So that's amazing for that. Yeah, it's super fun. Um, great indie bookstore here that's very romance friendly. Um, but for pleasure, I read domestic thrillers. Oh, mm -hmm. I like really dark and twisty domestic thrillers. So is that kind of like I, mean, I read cozies and I read romance, but like yeah, what I gravitate to as a reader is like the Gone Girl kind of okay. genre. You know, that's what I was going to ask. Or something like that. Yeah. That's like, what that's I was going really to I, I love any book, story, movie about women who are just really, really angry. Yep. I, I, I just read, I just read a great one. Which uh, one? Called No One Here Knows Us. It's, you know, I'm looking right now. I'm, I wanted no to get that. No One Here Knows Us. No One Here Knows Us. Yeah. Oh, no One Knows Us Here by Rebecca mm -hmm. Kelly. Amazing. Rebecca Kelly. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Um, have you read uh, The Last Thing He Told Me? That sounds really familiar. Who, so they're making it into a movie with Jennifer Garner, or a series. Uh, it's by Laura Dave also. <laughs> Just oh. so you know, if my boyfriend and I ever break up, it's because he's left me for Jennifer Garner. He is <laughs> Listen, I, in I don't love with her. Him. No, I don't, I and don't I wouldn't blame him. Like, that's the thing is I'd be like, can I come to the wedding? Like, I was going to say, as long as we can get invited to the wedding. Like, yeah, exactly. exactly. I'm like, you do you, exactly. Scott. Um, oh but the last God. thing he told me is fantastic. And I don't, oh, I'm not okay. a huge audiobook fan, but I listened yeah. to the audiobook. And I remember where I was when I finished mm -hmm. the audiobook. Mm -hmm. I was at the Universal City Walk. I was pulling out of the Universal City Walk. Oh and the last line of the book made me gasp in, in a lovely, oh, like wow. it has a happy ending, um, uh -huh. but it made me cry. It's so good. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm. Sometimes audiobooks can do that if they're done really well. Yeah. Um, the audiobook that I love and the book that I loved, even though it was very dark, was My Dark Vanessa. I don't know if you guys read that. I know that that was like, it sold in the store. Super, mm -hmm. super emotional. Yeah, that's what I and hear. the audiobook was amazing. Yeah, I have people who will buy it at uh, the Rip Bodice, and then they'll come back mm -hmm. like three days later and be like, "So that ruined my life with like this like, haunting yeah. look in their yeah. face." Yeah, it's not a romance. No. Actually, it's interesting because that book, and then no one knows us here. The book that I was just talking about, mm -hmm. no one knows us here, is almost like the flip side of the billionaire romance trope. It's about a woman who needs. Ooh. It's it's almost. It's almost like the, the polar opposite of Crash. It's like a woman okay. who's caring for her younger sister who enters into a contract with a billionaire. Okay. But like, there's like that road of like, it's romance and it's a fun romp. And this right, was totally. like, ooh, this is a stalking domestic I was going to say, is it like tale? obsession, ooh. but like not the level of obsession that you're like, this is so nice to the point yeah, where you're it's like, not nice. it's yeah. not nice anymore. Yeah. Right. Mm, it's like curious. very, it's like, it's like, like these parallel tracks. It was super interesting to me. It almost made me wonder if she had written romance and this is like her version of anti-romance. It was really yeah. fascinating. Well, and it's, I think it was that very good. That's such an interesting thing because I feel like so much of romance is a way to process the harm that we go through as women I mean yes. so much of it like exploring you know um whether it's consent non-consent in mm -hmm. kink or or you know just violence within sex mm -hmm. or like like with dark possessiveness and exactly yeah. like I think class it, differences yeah yes. it goes mm -hmm. so far it like it's such an interesting parallel to what I think we all experience as women. Yeah. 
so yeah. often. Well, actually, my dark Vanessa was like that. Like, yeah. My dark Vanessa could have easily, and I think that actually I read something with her as an author that she said that she started it as a romance. Like wow. she started it with the thought that, you know, because the, the male character was her teacher and she started it with the thought that it was going to be like this very, um, I don't want to say positive, but like not a thriller, not something. Toxic. Yeah. And there's right. a real fine line between a lot of romance and very toxic stories. All of this discussion, very valid about right. like, what is it empowering? Because mm -hmm. it's written by women for women. Right. I mean, and obviously mm -hmm. this is like, I'm being gendered right now. And so there's like, mm -hmm. you know, this larger world of like non-binary and trans and all of these things, but like very much so the experience of femininity in the world is a place of violence and um, submissiveness and all of these things. Mm -hmm. And so like, is there room to write about this, the answer to that is yes, but at the same time, it's like subverting the expectation and almost taking these things that we've right. now discerned to be like empowering, whatever, right. and then rolling it back and being like, no, actually it can be scary still, and right. it can be a thriller. And then to have it focus on like, you know, Piper, I know you mentioned like female rage and like yeah. these ideas and like protecting your self when the love story spirals out of control into something mm -hmm. far more sinister. Because I do love dark romances, but at the same time, I right. want to be also reading stories where it's like, hey, no, like, I love that we can, like, you know, talk about this guy who's, like, super possessive and whatever, but at the same time, it's uh, now he's spiraled out of control and you're being stalked. <laughs> right. Yeah, I have a really hard time with that in dark romance. And so I, so a lot of what I wrote, like the read a finalist book, Drive. A lot of the books that I wrote prior to my this current dark romance phase were billionaire romances. And mm -hmm. then 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020 happened. And that's yeah. when I realized that I could no longer in good conscience. Actually, it, it started about 20, 2018. I mean, mm -hmm. maybe it started earlier, but it really sunk in in 2018. And I wrote a series and self-published it about you know, kind of middle class, but well off people, good guys, lots of consent, like kind of funny rom-com and it fell flat. It didn't sell. Mm, it was like people mm -hmm. were like men. That's not what readers want. They don't want, I don't think the majority want that. Like, I, feel yeah. like, I feel like maybe it's like something with like the, the level of dopamine that people need where like mm -hmm. normal mm. stories just don't seem to cut it anymore. Right. Like you need these right. crazy things, like not necessarily like even like things that could technically happen, mm -hmm. but like that mm -hmm. are maybe just like a little bit more outlandish or like crazier. Yeah, I, you know, I realized that I couldn't in good conscience write billionaires, but I could in good conscience write criminals because that was ah. less hypocritical. Yes. Like it, it literally, um, it's more intellectually honest to just write a mafia man. Honestly, yeah, and it is to write like the good-hearted billionaire, and I say right. this as somebody who just published Crash, and the guy is obviously very wealthy. I find it hard to write really possessive heroes. I find it hard to write non-consensual scenes. Mm -hmm. um, like my mafia romance does have shades of kidnapping, but it's not the uh, hero that necessarily does the kidnapping. Mm -hmm. um, and in mafia romances, I found that it's really interesting to explore when a woman owns her badness and can be just as murderous and terrible as a hero. Yes. 
So um, that's what I'm trying to explore with that because I, I don't think in good conscience I can write about like the Elon Muskification of a hero. And I feel right. bad enough as it is that yes. I put in in Crash, like my hero has a Tesla. Um, uh, can't, uh -huh. It was hard to be it's edited okay, it's out. Okay. Um, right. But, you know, um, I, I just can't do that. And I think that's part yeah. of the reason why I also started writing mystery because I wanted that happy ever after. And my mysteries do have probably a stronger undercurrent of romance than some cozy mysteries, probably mm -hmm. a lot of cozy mysteries for obvious reasons. But um, the justice part of cozy mystery really appealed to me at a time when we yes. don't have justice. Yeah. And, it was, and it was interesting trying to take the traditional cozy mystery cop hero. And like I've taken him from like fighting corrupt cops to taking a new job. And then now in the end of book four, he's going to stop being a cop. Hell um, yeah. And then hopefully in book five, he's going to run a charter boat business. Um, oh, and amazing. <laughs> and so they'll end up like something more once he's out of the force, but like, right. and he'll still have law enforcement expertise. So uh, it's interesting how that has all evolved because be before when I first started, you know, in 2014, it was like, ah, billionaire romance, how fun. Right. Well, like, absolutely. I actually just talked about this. Um, I did a panel on writers.com and we were talking about how like pop culture, not pop culture, but like current events informs mm -hmm. the trends of romance and that right. coming out of the recession, billionaire romances really oh. hit well yeah. because yeah. it was about people being taken care of yes. somebody who could like throw money at anything to take care of you. And now, obviously, right. it's like we've gone from that point where, like, you know, people were losing their homes and and terrible things were happening because you didn't have money. And now we've kind of entered this sphere of being like, hey, actually, you cause all of our problems. Yeah. And we don't like you anymore. Um, and like you said, too, like in Cozy Mysteries and everything, having this idea of, like, the good cop, right? Like, the cop mm -hmm. who's fighting corruption and the cop who's not like other cops and, like, the cop who gives justice a good name. And like, right. obviously like my father is a federal agent. And so like, I have this like nuanced, complicated relationship mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. people who try to bring justice to other people, um, yeah. for other people. But that you've realized at this point, you're like, okay, now I tried to do this. And like, I've gotten to the point now where like, I don't want to write about a cop anymore. I want to write about a man who has experience yes. bringing people mm -hmm. to justice, but now I'm going to have to do this in a different way. Sure, yeah. um, exactly. That's exactly it. I feel like a lot of the trends that we see in romance about like very non-consensual dark romance has a lot to do with um, romance readers processing the trauma of the last several years wow. and sort of um, sort of trying to overcome that by by making those stories like processing and overcome that trauma by reading certain kinds of romance. So I found it really interesting and I, I didn't want to contribute to that. So I, I would right. rather just write you know, a criminal um, who embraces being, and, and really, especially when you see what's going on on Wall Street and with corporations, and I make mm -hmm. this point in every single mafia romance, how is what is going on on Wall Street any different than what the mafia does? Like, okay. it's like morally right or wrong in this, mm -hmm. you know? I am. Um, um, because I'm telling you, a billionaire has stolen more money than any right, exactly. family and has John even Gotti. thought to right. steal, I mean. Exactly. You know what's yeah. actually funny? I, I had this question written for you, and I think it's actually mm -hmm. super applicable. I really liked that Dante, in your book, and again, maybe I'm biased, and so I'm used to dealing with Italian men, but, like, he was, he, 
I don't know how you did this. He towed the line of being like an alpha man, but he mm -hmm. was never toxic. Like it was almost this this trope of him like almost appearing to be more toxic than he ever actually was. And he's yeah. just like super sensitive, wonderful man who's just traumatized by the loss of his sister. And right, is like exactly. truly in love with this woman. Mm -hmm. And he, of course, like he has this, he makes that offhanded comment in the beginning of the book, but that's the only time about women, not any women. Yeah, exactly. And that's very realistic. I think that there's probably a lot of people in motorsports who would not want women in Formula One. I mean, there aren't any, there aren't any, or maybe there's a couple of test drivers, but I don't think there are any, there's no women competing in Formula One. Right. You don't see a lot of women in the pit crew. Like, yeah. it's still not widely accepted yeah. in the sport. And I loved um, the the scene too, where it clicks for Savannah, where she realized she's like, "Oh my God, that's why you're acting this way. Like mm -hmm. you're you are so hurt by the the loss of your sister." And mm -hmm. I loved it was so human that interaction, where I feel like a lot of times in romance, like I hate the third act breakup in romance novels. Oh. I can't do it. It stresses me out to no end. Mm -hmm. Even though, I mean, I worked at the Rift Bodies for a year. I've read tons of romance i know it's gonna have a happy ending they right. freak me out but i loved but i feel like sometimes with those third act breakups there has to be this like huge um apology the, the groveling right. the profession of love and i loved that that was a very like adult realistic argument where it was like oh my gosh i've been you know i've been interacting with this with this relationship just for my stuff and now i'm seeing what you're bringing into this relationship this all makes sense yeah, I try really hard to make the men just like, I, you know, so drive actually. So I went to the Formula One race mm -hmm. and I actually wrote, I actually, when I had a few chapters of drive, I entered it into a Harlequin. So you think you can write kind of contest or not. Um, so you think you can write, but it was another one of the Harlequin contests and it was for right. Harlequin presents. It was for that line of like Italians and Spaniards and rich European dudes, everything that yeah. I love. And they, they requested a full and I wrote it and they were very interested. And then they came back to my my agent at the time and said, mm -hmm. no, he's a little too alpha. Oh. So we were like, and at the time, of course, this was years ago, the book was 50,000 words. And so mm -hmm. there was only one other publisher that published category length romance. Right. And I won't name them, but you may know who they are. And we submitted it. And they were like, we really love this. We'd love to publish it, except, and they were like, heroin is kind of in a masculine job. Do you think we could change that? And I was like, what? No. Yeah. Mm -mm. No. No, that's no. kind of the whole, that's like a big part that's of the her character arc. But, but the reality is, is that most, you know, I mean, that is sort of the reality of a lot of romances still, especially a lot of indie romances. You know, mm -hmm. I hate to say it, but a lot of romances, and especially like the form, the, the racing romances I've read, the heroine is in like PR or, you know, something not masculine. Mm -hmm. um, so I actually self-published that and it did pretty poorly. And then I put it on Wattpad and it did really, really well. Um, the readers on Wattpad who are younger really liked Savannah a lot. Yeah, um, I, I can't say with full confidence that Drive has done super well as a published book. I wish it has done better. Mm -hmm. um, but that is my own, you know, that's the way that 
business is. It's very hard to get traction now in the business. Um, yeah. And it's very, I, I think that people love tropes that they love. And, I, and when you don't write specifically in certain tropes, it's very, very hard in this business to get traction. Yeah, yeah I've been- Romance readers definitely love their, they, and they won't read if they like like a trope, they're not gonna seek out books that don't have that trope in it. I mean, it's like one of the, <clears throat> the things that when people come into the store, they're like, I want this trope, this trope, and this trope. And you're like, well, yeah. I don't have this one, but I can offer you this trope. And they're like, no, right. thank you. Which is, yeah. totally, which is fine, of course. It's like yeah. their prerogative, everything. But it does make it difficult. Yeah. But I really like that Savannah has this, like, because I feel like that's almost like how I am, too. Like, I have this duality of, like, femininity. Yeah. And also, like, yeah. being able to exist without that femininity. Right. She's a pageant right. queen. She could have right. been Miss America. Yeah. They literally said that in the book. They're like, you could have right. this pageant. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's, I, it's so very interesting. It, it's it's very interesting, and there are still there. You know, I've gotten dinged in reviews about about Dante being people who don't finish the book generally, but <laughs> say that he's just insufferable in the beginning, and he kind of is. I've, yeah. I've softened him a bit, but kind of a dick at the beginning. But also, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Like I understand Me? you have to finish the book because th there's a character arc. That's how plot works. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I, also, I tend to write like very cinnamon roll kind of heroes, but I love they're, that they're they're kind of spicy on the outside. Yeah, and sweet on the inside. Yeah, I. That's I exactly say. what he is. Where it's like, yeah, it's this he he appears alpha, but he's a cinnamon roll. He's like he's a little very cinnamon roll man. Yeah, <laughs> and in Crash, you, you see their after like the aftermath of after they've had a baby, and like you mm -hmm. see them appear in Crash, and they're like completely adorable and loving. Oh, and, oh I love know. that. Yeah, yeah. I, I also, also love. Go ahead, pipes. Oh, I was just gonna say back to like uh, romance readers. I found that this year I'm really trying to read more books that challenge me in a different way than romance does because I feel like I. I mean, I love reading. I'm a reader, and I've just found that I haven't wanted to read books that make me feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I think that there is power in that. Like, you know, as women, as a black woman in particular, like I don't want to, I really wanted to read books that make me feel good. But also at the same time, I feel like I, I want to broaden my, my reading a little bit more. And mm -hmm. I feel like I got so stuck kind of in reading certain romances um that it's been really hard for me to branch out like i'm reading um ain't i a woman by bell hooks i'm doing this reading okay. challenge um i don't know if you guys follow the free black women's library on instagram they're amazing but they do a reading challenge every year which is where you read 25 books by uh black women or non-binary authors and um nice. so there are a bunch of different categories and it's super fun and one of the categories is romance which I love like it's showing such a breadth of black writing, but it's been mm -hmm. so hard for me to get through this book. It's like 150 pages, maybe 200 pages, but it is, I mean, it's nonfiction and it is so mm -hmm. hard for me to get through. And I really have to like sit with myself and read it. And I'm yep. like, don't yep. go. And, I, and I'm not trying to say that romances are less challenging, but it's a different right. kind of challenge where I'm reading about how slavery has impacted mm -hmm. black women today and i'm like i mm -hmm. hate this i'm right. so yeah. mad right so exactly. i don't know it's, well, it's hard to toe that line barrier yeah there 
is totally yes. a protective barrier around romance that like and it offers the escapism. Yeah. Exactly. It's comfort. Mm-hmm. It's it's escapism. It's it's even with dark as we we're trying like with dark romances where you have these mm-hmm. like really dark topics, but that help that can help people process. Like I love a good like kidnapping. Right. Yeah. I, I sometimes I question dark romance. I, I've seen some dark romance that has some um some tropes that I'm not, or some themes that I, you know, it, it's hard because I do write it. I, I can't mm-hmm. say, I, I, I do wonder if I should be writing it. And I know that my dark romance is probably yeah. nowhere near as dark as a lot of people's because I seem to be genetically incapable of writing like a truly mean hero. Like, right. <laughs> you know, like, yes, my current hero, mafia hero, he's, you know, rich and he's a powerful mafioso and he kills people and stuff um but he also has a dog named Reese's McPup Cup so you know like there is that already soft like that like I I I don't I have a hard time with especially with mafia romance if the hero is just totally like this dark jerk yeah just either out to kill or have sex and he's like a shark like I right because people just aren't like that like I you know there needs to be a complexity but I do wonder um I guess I do wonder about whether whether it's appropriate. Like, I wonder whether it's appropriate for me to write those romances. I do mm. wonder if it's appropriate to put that out in the world. I, I think about that a lot because, obviously, as a reporter, I put out, you know, like, I witnessed executions and wrote right. about them. Right. Um, you know, like, sat in the death chamber and Ugh. watched people die. Someone died. Exactly. Exact. 13 yeah. people? Well, 13 people. And so, like, how? what wow. am I putting out into the world? And is dark romance... Um, really the thing that I want to put out in the world. Mm. And, you know, I'm writing it, and I like writing it, and it's fun, but I also have sort of the belief that, and I think about this with certain romances, with certain age, I'm thinking of a particular series that I won't name, mm-hmm. that I read, and I found it very um, readable. Um, I can think of many, actually, but it had a very big age gap of a student athlete that fell in love with her coach. Yes. Super yeah. inappropriate. And um, just because we can doesn't mean we should. We should. Yes. So I grapple with that a lot in romance. That, uh, and I, and I, I don't. I only know the answer for me at the moment. But I, there may be a time where I don't write that kind of thing because mm. I don't think it's good to put out in the world. I don't think it's positive to put out in the world. Yeah. But I, I grapple with that a lot. I know that um, a rom- romance novel being adapted into a movie. Um, and Justin Baldoni is uh, yes. the lead in that. And I mm-hmm. I have been struggling with this too, thinking about it because my first thought was, well, he shouldn't, he's made so much of his career, so much of his brand about respecting women. And, you know, he has his podcast, Man Enough. And I, I love what he has to say, but also then you're choosing to take on this story that I think, the author has said that it's very personal to her and her family. And I feel like it's been so mishandled. And my first thought was, well, he shouldn't have taken that movie, but also like it's hard as an actor too, because it's your job. And I, sure. and it's so hard. Like also for someone who I think he's made it so clear that he is not like the hero of the, the hero of this right, story. Right. Um, and as an actor, I think you should be able to explore, like you should absolutely have the freedom to explore every kind of character you want to play but at the same time are we doing more harm than good by romanticizing this story 
that so many young people have right. read right. and love. Like, at what point well, is it immoral? I know what you're talking about, what book yeah. you're talking about. And I think the onus is on now, the onus is on the publisher for marketing that as romance. Absolutely. Like, I look at her I books, I, you know, I mean, we all know who we're talking about yes. here, and I don't know if we want to just say it, but yeah, we can just I say look it. at her books, you know, Colleen Hoover. Colleen Hoover. Colleen Hoover. I look at, you know, I haven't read all of her books. I've only read a couple. Yeah. Um, I'm sure she's a lovely person. I happen to look at her books similar to, kind of in the same vein as like Jackie Collins or Jacqueline yeah. Suzanne. I think of them more as like these cautionary tales of like young women getting involved in things that are larger than them. It's almost not coming of age, but like, yes. like you yeah. know, Jackie Collins wrote about like, you know, the young girl going to Los Angeles and being involved in glitzy drugs, glamour, and sex. Right. Um, but nowhere was that that like thought of as a romance novel. Like mm -hmm. maybe uninformed people thought it was, but that was not thought of as like a romance. And so I kind of categorize those books in that way. But I do think it is on the publisher to um, categorize her books properly because I don't consider them romance. No. Yeah, let me tell you. Nobody asked me. So. Us is not a romance. And um, no. love, I nope. just it's this larger discussion about yeah. like what I mean, and, and I think like it's kind of a shame because romance is does have a very specific set of criteria that has to mm -hmm. you know make it a romance. But now it's like you can have a happy ending and have love be the primary feature of the story but how you get there can be a thousand different ways right. right that involve intimate partner violence i don't think that sort of thing has a place in a romance novel like, yeah I just, maybe i'm gonna call me old school but like, no i don't has domestic partner violence other kinds of war criminals like i think most people can be redeemed but i would say that those war criminals nazis domestic violence i don't think that can be redeemed yeah like i don't think i don't i would never like i Mm -mm. No. Yeah, and there, no, no, no. there was that one, that other book, Colleen Hoover didn't write it, but it was another book that was in like East Germany and it was like the Stasi or something. Like, like yeah. what, I don't know. Like just, nah. There's yeah. just no room for it. And like, I'm sure if someone wants to find a book, like, or not a book, but like, if they want to read something like that, there are outlets online that mm -hmm. you can find that will give that to you, but that it doesn't need to be brought into like, the mainstream. I don't think it should exist at all, but like I can't stop what people write and what right. people read yeah. online, but we can stop what we try to See, put into the popular zeitgeist. But right, but uh, right, exactly. But this also goes back to my point that I think we've been so traumatized. I think people collectively, women collectively have been so traumatized these past, you know, however many years that like reading about an abuser and um, put and, and making him the hero yeah that doesn't surprise me no that's exactly yeah. what we do when we elevate people like donald trump and elon right. musk and absolutely you know, name whoever like i live in a state that somehow supported ron DeSantis. yeah yeah how is that you know, know. like like what like there, there's parallels here I, and, and you mentioned the thick bubble that you live in right and that yeah. like for us we're like how could there be a world where this exists and then oh, realize, right. like, yeah. oh, there is, it's a crazy successful world where all of this exists. Um, where, right, and you it know, all goes into that TikTok trad wife, soft yes. girl, yes. 
friend. It's like the whole thing. And, you know, I'm 52, so I see it from a little bit of a different perspective. Here, right. You know, I guess. Um, and I, it, it, I, I don't have kids, so I don't know what's... I don't know what's going on with the young people, <laughs> but, but man, like my friends and I are like, wow. Well, that's the other that's thing. Shocking to me. Yeah. And that's the other thing <laughs> about just, Colleen Hoover's books. And I don't, it's no fault of her own, but I do wonder like with TikTok and with the amount of access that young people have, like there are 13, 14 year olds reading her work in a way that I don't think they can understand maybe how she was writing it because it's like, again, if we're looking at these books as like domestic thrillers or an exploration of domestic violence in a more like speculative, speculative fiction kind of way, it, it shouldn't be like teenagers shouldn't be allowed to read it or it and should be like with a caveat. But when does that, does that fall to the author or is it like an issue of, kids have so much access to so many different forms of media now. I mean, I was reading, I was, I, here's the, it, it's tough because, mm -hmm. I mean, I agree that, like, it can't be glamorized, but I, I go mm -hmm. back to what I said right before all this, where I was like, if you want to find it online, you can. Mm -hmm. I was on my Blackberry at, like, 13 years old, no, like, maybe 14, young, young teenager, yeah. on my phone reading, like, the darkest most fucked up fanfic with Bella and Edward from Twilight. I read Fifty Shades of Grey when I was like 15, 16 years old. And I was like, I'm doing it for like literary purposes. But I was just like a sad teenager. And like from all of this stuff that was almost like imposed upon me when I was young because I was in the popular, like I, I subscribed to popular culture and all of that. Mm. It has, it's stuff that I've had to unlearn as an adult because it got me into dangerous situations like yeah really got me into dangerous situations because i wasn't able to discern that like the real world functions very differently from this like glamorized world of danger and and suspense and like all of right. these things and so you know tam i think it's like you know it's really like a compelling thing that you said where you're like i have to i have to think about the line that i tow when I write about these things. And I do think there's a place for like, you know, mafia romances. And I think that like, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, people like there, it's okay that you want to write fiction. It depends how you, as a writer, when you sit down to do it, right. the, the responsibility that you assume when you're doing it. And you do assume that because you think you just mentioned it. I mean, you've mentioned it multiple well, times in this hour. Right. I conversation. do. Sure. Like, I read a lot of inappropriate things when I was a young teenager. Right. I remember at 14, I read Fear of Flying by Erica Jean, which is a very spicy... Is it? Like, like you know, you know Molly Jean Fast on Twitter, right? Like yes. Her, yes. You're probably more yeah. familiar. So her yeah. mother was, like, a famous second-wave feminist called Erica Jean. Okay. She, oh, it's she her mom? Was very, that's her mom. Erica mm. Jean is her mom. And she was, a, like, she wrote, like, one of the, it was considered very spicy. It was called Fear of Flying. The cover was very spicy. It was like a woman's body. It was, it was spicy. But it was also the tale of a woman's journey. And it was also the tale of a feminist woman's journey and her journey mm. with sex. And I guess the difference is, is that because of my mother, who she was, um, an early wave feminist, I never thought it would be, and even I see this now in romance and I grapple with it, 
Like the idea that you would describe a romance hero as dominant or domineering is so still like viscerally repellent to me. Mm -hmm. But that's everywhere in the discourse. And I have a hard time. And I write, you know, I've written those words and I grapple with them because I don't know if that is the sort of thing we should be perpetuating and making sexy because I think that it's, it can be very toxic. It is very toxic. It can, it's not even can be. It just is. Domineering and dominant men are toxic. And yet, and yet, and when exactly. we don't write about them in romance, that doesn't sell. Unless yeah, you're writing very sweet romance, which I don't write either. So right, and I have a really, it's, it's very hard. Even as a romance reader, I've had to grapple with it in terms of my own relationship. Um, like my boyfriend and I have been together for a year and a half and he is like the sweetest, most gentle soul, um, like wouldn't hurt a fly. And like, you know, I have to grapple with the fact that I'm like, why I'm consuming all of these books and all these stories with men who are so different from what I'm actually attracted to, but I find it so hot. Um, and what, what does that mean? And like, I don't know, there's so much about it. And like, as a woman now like grappling with the fact that like I want to get married I want to have babies um for at least part of my life I would like to be a stay-at-home mom and like grappling with it as my choice versus is this what's being placed upon me is it because of what I'm reading is like there's so much we have to think about as writers and as consumers yeah totally if there's care and intent taken Mm -hmm. you can set up a world in a book where you can read it and and have that outlet and have it be safe um, and digestible for a reader. But when you have consumerism and capitalism and you're trying to sell a book because you write good characters and then your book doesn't fucking sell because people want toxic shit, then it it opens these floodgates to these authors who are like, I'm willing to sink as low as I need to to write like whatever the hell I need to write. See also 365 days. Yes, exactly. Uh, exactly literally. That. And don't get me wrong, Michele Morone is beautiful. Yes. A beautiful human being, like a physical yes. specimen, a gorgeous human being. I'm sure he's yes. a lovely person in real life. Yeah. But that movie, like, exactly. what was that? And that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like, just because we can doesn't mean we should. There's Have that line read? in Jurassic Park that Jeff Goldblum says to the the um whatever his name is the main guy the guy who created Jurassic Park and he's like your scientists were so obsessed with whether or not they could they never stopped to think whether or not they should and that is like what yeah. the, the phrase I literally like day to day live by um and I think that's exactly mm-hmm. it completely is there a way for these stories and when have you have read? a beautiful man being the sorry mm-hmm. Pipes. yes when yeah you have a no beautiful you're good man good. being the kidnapper you're like Oh, at least if a hot man kidnapped me, I would be right, okay exactly. with it. And you're like, exactly. no, no man, it does not matter right. how beautiful right. he right. is. Exactly. Exactly. I don't want this. Exactly. Have you read um, any of the Bridgerton books? I haven't read them. I saw the Bridgerton, I saw, I saw, I, I'm not huge. I'm a really literal person. So I don't do a ton of historical or fantasy or science fiction. Like I got it. really caught up in like, how did they smell and yes yeah why are there 100%. swords and like I, I had a hard time with that although I did I, I actually I I was in the hospital in 
2020 when Bridgerton came out. Oh my strangely, God. Getting my gallbladder out. And Ow. like I was on morphine and I watched Bridgerton and I was completely entertained. But it's, I think that oh, was kind of a one-off thing. So entertaining. But in the, <laughs> in the first season, there, there is the scene where um, Daphne assaults Simon. Right. Where yeah. he's telling her to stop and she doesn't stop yes. mm-hmm. because she wants to have a baby. And so I haven't read the first, I haven't read any of the Bridgerton books, but I did mm-hmm. at the store one day, I flipped to that scene in the book because I was very interested in how it was handled in the story mm-hmm. itself. And I was just talking to a friend about it yesterday who um, just, or yesterday, two days ago, and she had just read that scene and we were discussing it because I think that it is fascinating and kind of I don't know if I think in the show they made Daphne out to have to understand way more about sex than she is actually portrayed as knowing in the book so uh in the book she doesn't understand like she barely understands what sex is she has just found out how babies are made and in the book he is um drunk and Mm -hmm. comes on to her and wants to have sex with her um and so they start having sex and then she knows that like she's known from the pattern of him like pulling out that Mm -hmm. if if she if they stay you know having sex while he finishes then she might get pregnant but like right in the context of the story i think if this person knows so little about sex it's hard for her to then assault someone like it's right. that right. issue and i think like it's it's assault no matter what way you slice it but it's different i feel like they made her so much more proactive in the assault oh, in the show versus oh. in the book where she knows nothing and i just think that that's a really i don't know i find that so fascinating even and, like the the choking thing right like, exactly that didn't used to be Not like so mainstream like that mm-hmm. was not something yeah. that people just d- casually discussed like 20 years ago. And you're like, right, exactly. Like Was I even think of- about, you know, I even think about the authors and I don't think that there's a right or wrong answer, but I thought about this the other day. There's a lot of authors that are offering like bonus um, X-rated gift cards of their, you know, like postcards or, or, yes, or like, yeah. photos, like illustrations of their characters. And I'm thinking like where, like, there's always been a criticism that romance is porn for women. Like, but it, mm-hmm. and now that if, if people are giving X-rated photos or images, even if it's illustrated of their characters, how is that different than porn? Like, how is right. that? I don't know the answer, but I find it really interesting. Like, I personally wouldn't do it. Um, but I also write on Wattpad where I have, I know I have a lot of very young author or young readers. Right. It is a... I do think about that a lot. I, th- I take it really seriously. And I, I don't, I wouldn't encourage young, you know, very young readers to read my books, but I know they are. Um, right. And, and a lot of them ask, read. you know, me questions like, I, you know, and it's showing my age, but sometimes they ask things, everything ranging from, what do you mean by feathered hair? <laughs> and you're like, oh God. And then the other you're one like, was, Never mind. They, they didn't know what, a diaphragm was like in terms of people oh, and I realized right. like yeah. that's not like a common thing anymore and then, no. then I just went away to a field and died right yeah, um, well but that's crazy too because <laughs> diaphragms were taught in my sex ed classes that I took oh. and then they just fell off the face of the earth like I yeah they did they did I realized they did. I knew what a diaphragm a much more was common thing. 
and then like I have never seen it as a birth control option ever again but that's so interesting it used to be very common like doctors used to offer that to you and yeah so, yeah so in, in writing for Wattpad like it's very interesting seeing how people who you know would be young enough you know would be very young younger than children any children that I would have you know right and it's been interesting seeing them react to my stories but I mm-hmm. I'd like to think that I try to give them strong heroines and I don't mean strong okay. heroines like kick-ass heroines who are just willing to kick ass because my heroines are generally not that. But I just, one time somebody, one of the readers on Wattpad said, I love your heroines because they have a dream. I'll say that that has been the joy of Wattpad is that Wattpad mm-hmm. is an international readership. It's a diverse readership. It's a young readership. And people are, I, the thing that I've noticed about Wattpad readers is that they're not so tied to genre. Like, yes, mm-hmm. some of them definitely do want mafia romance. But if you have a little bit of humor in your mafia romance, they yes. really love it. They yeah. don't seek out just one thing. It's right. okay if you blend genres. So I, and, and they really, the, the Watt, I, from what I've seen, the Wattpad readership really likes um, their heroines to be really independent. And I love I'm that. Super pleased with that. It's one of the reasons why I love Wattpad and one of the reasons why I've remained on Wattpad because I, I love their readers and I love right. the interaction with them. They're amazing. Yeah, and the the ability to interact with readers was one of my favorite parts of working at the store. The um, conversations that we've had with Wattpad writers specifically have all have been so fruitful, and I think that as I Wattpad writers bring something so so special to the romance space, and I'm just so grateful that we get to talk to people like you. Yeah. I am. I'm so happy that you said that because I I don't think I think that like the romance community overall sort of ignores that wing of of romance absolutely and they shouldn't because wattpad writers are very thoughtful and they're very interested in craft and not just marketing and selling and making yes money. And it's like, you've, un- you've it's untethered really cool. yourself from like the capitalist element of writing right. and i right. think that's really compelling to be able to talk yes. and have these candid really important conversations because yeah. you know you're talking to someone from like harper collins and it's like difficult mm-hmm. to be able to be like criticize something do it right <laughs> Because yeah, you're afraid totally. of like whatever else. Yeah. Because yeah, these yeah. conversations are really integral. Yeah, and it's like it the ultimate form- indie thing. Yes, one hundred percent. It is. It is. Yeah. Thank and you so much. Thank you so much. I this has really been one of my truly this. one of my favorite conversations oh, that we've had. Seriously, this, this has is been great. Yes, I really amazing. enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Lace and Debauchery is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media/podcasts.